Welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney, uh, at Glenn Rockney on Twitter. Please give me a follow if you haven't already. Um, I'm assuming if you are listening to this, you probably do follow me on Twitter. Um, that's probably where most of the uh, listeners come from. It's just people who argue with me and then want to call me a dumbass or be like, hey, that guy knows a thing or two. So uh, thanks to those of you who've been listening and uh, let's keep it rolling. Um, again, kind of the slow time during the off season, especially this off season, the pandemic. I just wanted to go over all of the Raiders position groups. Um, obviously not today. If you want to check out my defensive line one, which came out last week, that is the previous episode. Why don't you just go ahead and subscribe on iTunes or uh, follow Rare Candy. Subscribe to Rare Candy on YouTube if you want to see all the Rock Vegas episodes. Um, yeah, so I did defensive line last time. Um, who needs to step up? Uh, some of the free agents, um, draft picks. So I'm um, going to do the same thing with three different position groups today uh I guess maybe two depends on how you look at it but uh it'll be linebackers and DBs so with DBs I mean corner and safety uh I, I think we can knock all those out in one episode here uh so there's a lot of new names in these position groups and uh let's start at linebacker we have two new starters at the position uh, maybe three Right. Um, if you if you're base defense, when you're talking four three, there are going to be three starters. Again, I, I think Raiders are going to be playing nickel a lot this year. Just that's the way the league is now. You're in nickel seventy percent of the time. So when I say base defense, I'm I'm kind of more talking about nickel because that is the base, right? Uh, that just based off of how how often you line up in it, right? Um, but yeah, the Raiders run a four three. Um, so I guess. I guess they will be technically starting three linebackers. Like when the team releases that unofficial depth chart and like right around training camp usually, and everyone overreacts to it, even though it's just like a media kind of team media release. Um, so two new starters at linebacker, Nick Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton. Um, these guys pan out. It's could have the highest impact on this defense. Even though linebacker is not technically the most valued analytically, these two guys are coming into a position that was a fucking desert before they got here, right? We all know it's like Beaker, uh, Greg Beaker, uh, Kirk Morrison. I, I'm struggling. Yeah, I guess is what you get the point of linebackers that we've had that were good, right? We fell for the Ben Heaney's. We fell for the uh, Corey James. You know, oh, they're moving him to inside linebacker, and now he's going to be good. You know, we fell for all that kind of stuff. Rolando McLean, damn, I was all in on that one too, actually. <laughs> all in on McLean. Linebacker out of Alabama. Remember even the analysts were like, yeah, no, the Raiders did something right for once. I'm like, oh, good. Even they like it. He's got to be great, right? Fucking McLean, man. That that arrest picture is still an all-timer. Nonetheless, we've had some. We've all seen some terrible linebacker play. Um, I'd argue no team's had worse linebacker play than the Raiders since the year, hmm, what 2002 2003 I mean even even then it wasn't the strength of the team when the team was good it had a couple good ones uh yeah like I said Beekert but it hasn't been a strength in a while this this year I think it has potential to be so mainly because of the you know the, of the two guys they brought in Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton so we're gonna have to do a nickname for for Kwiatkowski though I'm, that's just not a name I'm gonna be saying all the time I don't know just yeah 44 Right, yeah, he's, he's number forty-four, so four-four, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. So they're new. Um, Kwiatkowski filled in really nice for uh, for Roquan Smith last year for the Bears. Filled in really nicely. I remember Bears fans being really excited about him. I know a lot. You ever have a fan base where you kind of just you're like, why do I follow like ten of this team's fans, right? And that's how it is with the Bears. I think a lot of sports media is Bears fans too. A lot of Chicago-based Northwestern grads and stuff, but. It's weird. Like I follow a lot of Bears fans, um, and they they liked him. They said they were like, "Hey, Roquan's out. That's fine. We got this guy." Um, so I didn't actually even know he was a free agent this year. I didn't see him in the class, and which is kind of crazy. I, maybe I saw him, but I just didn't pay much attention to him. But he was the first signing that the Raiders made, or at least the first publicized. Like, hey, this guy agreed to terms. Like on the Twitter, you know that that first 
week of uh or that was at march 13th kind of that time you you're ready man that when that tampering window hits you're just refreshing 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 little did we know we'd be in a no sports pandemic right but refreshing 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 like oh man who who are we gonna get who are we gonna get and i said quickowski i was like wow that's, that's a good signing i like it i think he's gonna be really good um just three down guy Right, I don't know if he's elite in coverage, but he's definitely not a liability. Um, the analytics show that his PFF grade's pretty high, um, and the film does it too. I, a lot of the film guys I trust, B.D. Williams, Ted Wynn, a lot of them were really excited about the signing. Just saying, like, hey, he can cover enough, right? But he's a hammer in the run game, great blitzer. His blitzes, if you look at the Packers game, there's some really good uh, film of him blitzing uh, right up the middle. The guy's a rocket. So. I expect big things out of him. I, I don't see why we shouldn't. He's entering the prime of his career. Uh, I remember when the Raiders kept trying to put a Band-Aid over, like, a leak, you know. They were always trying to just put a Band-Aid over a leak with this position. It was like, Curtis Lofton, he's going to change the defense. Derek Johnson, change the defense. There's guys like that where we, we had to talk ourselves into it, right? Like, we're like, oh, that guy was good, uh, you know, that guy was good when I was, you know, this old, or that guy was good uh, when Mike Vick was still on the Falcons. Like, oh, man, like, maybe he'll be good for us. Yeah, it didn't, didn't end up working, right? Like, I think Derek Johnson retired halfway through the year. Lofton, like Nick Roach, guys like that, they didn't they didn't last long. Um, I, I think this is different. I think you're betting on a guy. These guys are hitting their primes, right? They're not they're not 32, right, coming off of, like, being on a good team and the, the, the team saw that they were declining and let him go to a team like us, right, like the Raiders. That's kind of the old linebacker that we used to sign, and I mean that in more ways than one. Uh but I expect a lot out of him. I expect a lot. I think I, I think so they have they gave him the green dot. I, I believe that was a report was that uh Nick Kwiatkowski has the has the green dot. So that's obviously the one getting the defense set up and everything. I think he's got the mic uh in his helmet up until a certain amount of time. Uh so that that's gonna be kind of interesting. His first year with the new defense, calling out the plays when we don't really have much of an offseason. So maybe I'm maybe that's not a big deal, but it's something to watch. Uh, that that's one thing. Having two new guys there, although they're huge improvements, right? Like I think there's no way that this isn't a better linebacker core than last year. I'd bet all the Bitcoin, all the money that I had that it, that it's true that it would grade higher in any analytic, right? This this linebacker group is more athletic. I'm gonna get into the philosophy a little bit later, but it's more athletic and just better than it's been in years past. So I expect a lot out of them. Um, I don't. I don't see why not. I, they got him on a pretty good deal. And uh, pairing him up with the next guy, Corey Littleton. Uh, he was my number one guy in free agency. My number one. I said, this is the one I got to have. Got to have Corey Littleton. I remember kind of getting Kwiatkowski thinking like, oh, man, like that's good, but we're not done here. Like, please don't be done at this position, right? I didn't really want to spend a draft pick on Murray or Patrick Queen in the first round. Uh so I was kind of like, man, let's let's see what else we can do at this position. Even if it was like two more average guys, like just just make the position average again, right? That's my my big theme for the offseason is get back to average. Um, learn a lot. Just like I I I do like PFF and a lot of analytic based stuff. So their big thing is if you have a bad position, get it back to average, right? This has a chance to be above average, if not really good. Uh, Corey Littleton's got great tackling grades all across the board. Um, doesn't miss a lot of tackles even though you know him as a coverage guy, right? Guy that creates turnovers, can pick the ball off. Watch, watch him in the Panthers game last year uh, if you got game pass. Watch uh, Littleton at Carolina. Whew. A force. Creating turnovers. Uh, Cam whew, Cam lost him in coverage, man, and just, like, <laughs> did not see him. And then uh, Corey, I think Corey Littleton took it to the house, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if he didn't, I think he took, like, a fumble to the house or something. He had, he had a defensive touchdown in that game. Something we have not seen. We don't see a lot from our linebackers like that. Um, so it's it's more athletic. And and like I said, you're going to be in a lot of two linebacker sets, right? When you're in your nickel. Or even in your dime. I mean, you might just have one out there, right? And, and, and then get creative with who else you have on the field. So you might have a lot of scenarios where these two guys, Kwiatkowski and Littleton, are the only ones on the field. Uh, at the linebacker position, right? So, no, yeah, not the only one on the field, but at the linebacker position, the only only guys out there. You're gonna have a bunch of DBs, right? And your and your uh, and your rushers. So, 
a lot is expected out of these guys. But like I said, we've been rolling with with uh, not to disrespect Will Compton because I like Will Compton and thought he played well. But we were signing a lot of guys like Will Compton off the bench or off the street, I should say. Um, shout out to Will. He did, actually did a really good job. No free shout outs. But uh, none, nonetheless, uh, Corey Littleton also picked 42. That's I, – I like it, but I don't. I, th- I feel like I love like kind of numbers, kind of weird numbers for position groups, but linebacker, I like one in the 50s, man. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like that 50s linebacker just is aesthetically pleasing, right? But, hey, man, dude, dude 42 right, man. Uh, I mean – be better than the last 42. Let's, let's say that much. Uh, but yeah, they're both here for three-year deals. Kwiatkowski and Littleton. I think they're both going to be great in coverage. Uh, Littleton isn't great in the run game, and that's mainly because he gets stuck to blocks a lot. So we are going to lose a little bit in the run game. And again, I've, I've been more than okay with that. To hear Whitehead was good against the run, and, and guess what happens anytime you drop back to pass? He, he wasn't even like in the fucking TV screen trying to cover people. It's like you have to watch all 22. You're like, oh, that's – oh, there he is. Yeah, he's over there by the sideline. I have no idea why why his man's in the middle of the field. Like, to hear Whitehead, man. So, we're going to lose a little bit in the run game. That's fine. But these two guys are really going to help the coverage. My two goals for the Raiders this year was get faster on offense, right? Faster, um, more explosive because I thought the the gritty building blocks were there, right? kind of finesse players uh the line the offensive line is there um wanted to get fast on offense and defense i wanted to get faster and to cover prioritize coverage you know Um, it's good to see the raiders moving away from the the old school mentality even though gruden's always gonna get made fun of for being old school kind of stuff like that rightfully so because honestly like for the first two years he he's kind of been archaic with the way he coaches the team right like not taking advantage of the stuff that's available to him, right? Throwing the challenge. Uh, shout out to Sean, man. Uh, hi, Sean. Eight oh eight. Hawaii, Sean. Uh, he was saying that the other day. The worst thing is when Gruden just would challenge a play, and like the referees, like not even done making the incomplete pass. You know what I mean? Or throwing the flag yet? And he's already throwing it. It's like who confirmed that you should challenge the play, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Gruden's challenges last year were brutal so hopefully he has the more analytical approach and listens to the guy upstairs and I have a theory last year he just cut that guy's mic and never listened I don't, like the guy was just talking into nothing like hey, John don't do it don't do it and by the, you already see the red flag at the Raider logo in midfield <laughs> so uh yeah these two guys I, I have high expectations of them um as far as who needs to step it up and who I think is going to have a big year. I don't know if I can do that with these linebackers because there's not enough. It's all new. You can't say somebody stepped them up when they haven't stepped it up if they haven't played for your team yet, right? It's it's tough to say. Um, one guy I would like to see step up, and he's the the guy behind these two guys. Probably his roster spot, I would assume, is safe. But I don't know about his playing time, right? Uh, it's Nicholas Morrow. Uh, I, like, again. I think he's got some, you know, continuity in the defense. He he's been here before. He's a veteran. Definitely will help, especially the first, you know, few weeks of the season being there. But I got to see a little bit more out of him. Um, I remember being really excited. He had a great Dallas game. Um, it was the index card game for some of you uh, that might remember it that way. But I thought Morrow played his ass off in that game, man. Like in coverage, he was covering wheel routes. Uh, Making plays on the ball. At times last year, he looked really good, like blitzing. Has a really good blitz on Aaron Rodgers where he got a nice hit on him. And uh, even he had a pretty good interception last year. I remember it uh, in the Chicago game. But I just got to see some more out of him um, because he can't take advantage of, like, a bad position group, right? My spot's safe because nobody else is good, right? And that's kind of what I mean. So I think him, he's a guy that's just got to step it up. Like just gotta, he's gotta have to earn his playing time. Uh, Markel Lee, I think, is done. I don't, I don't know if he makes the team, especially because of the draft pick used on Tanner Muse. Uh, shit. Let's get into Tanner Muse right now. Um, that's still the pick from the draft. I'm having trouble talking myself into. I don't want to sound negative. Like I, I really am rooting for the guy. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders. Does seem like he's going to be a team leader, but I'm not sure the skill set translates to linebacker like it does to safety i I, i'm saying i understand that those two 
position groups nowadays are more alike than they ever have been. I get that. It's not that's not what I'm saying. But his speed is just straight line. It he doesn't have the kind of change like the, he doesn't have very good acceleration. Like he he gets juked out of his shoes pretty easy. And and look, if he ends up being a special teams guy, a great special teams guy, that's great. But he was taken in the third round, and and guys, you take in the third round, especially because the day before, after the first round, Mayock said, "Hey, I'm looking for three starters in the third round." But then they're saying he has to learn linebacker, right? So unless he's gonna just pick it up and in, in a in a coronavirus pandemic off season over Zoom meetings, and he just picks it up and hits the ground running, look, I would I would love it. I'd be elated. We'd have a very solid group at that point. But I don't know if that happens. Uh he called himself what is he called himself a special teams war daddy hand up i don't know what the fuck that means that sounds like something that involves a lot of leather whips chains i don't judge that's fine if that's what you want to do that's cool but uh i i got to see something this year from him out of at linebacker i don't really want to give a guy a red shirt season especially cuz there were some good players available that could have helped there in that third round this draft was real deep and that was the one pick and there was another guy, and I'll, t- I'll get to him later. That w- there was another pick where I was like, oh, man, fuck. Like, but I see the upside, and I-, I get why the pick was made. This one I'm struggling with. So uh, you guys are more than welcome to try to talk me into Tanner Muse. Uh, I got to just see it. I don't doubt that he's a great special teams player, but I-, I usually invite those guys to camp rather than draft them, right? Unless it's like sixth round, seventh round, and they can play do a little something else, but... I don't know if it's a slam dunk that this guy's a, like a good linebacker in the NFL. Here's the redeeming value of the Tam- Tanner Muse pick. So Tanner Muse can cover in theory, right? Uh, Gruden, he's not Gruden's not doing him any favors. He keeps like mentioning Isaiah Simmons and him in the same sentence. Like, let's not. Okay, we don't need him to be that. I mean, it'd be great if he was, but we don't need him to be that. But that just seems like one of those things that fans are going to run too far with and use it against him even though it's not his words right that's not tanner's words so i don't i don't see him like that but one thing i'm glad that the raiders did is at least prioritize coverage with the pick right i'm all about prioritizing coverage anything beyond the defensive line i need it to be coverage first right yeah you can lay somebody out that's great you can stop the run that's great but i need you to cover Raiders are like one of the worst third down teams I've ever seen. You, you'll see it. It's like clockwork. Stop two runs. Guy drops back and pass all the time in the world. Guy wide open. First down. Every time. That's what it seems like. So I do understand, or I, like I said, I like the traits they went after, right, with Muse. I'm just not sure he's the guy that you will use his traits the best, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know if that 4-3 speed... It, first off, I don't really see it on film that much. Like, he's fast, but it's not, like, lightning quick to me. And like I said, that change of direction stuff, it's going to It's gonna be tough if you're asking him to, you know, cover swing passes in the backfield, make tackles. Like, that's going to be tough on third down, right? I mean, he'll get a lot of practice going against Derek Carr because, hey, we all know what Derek Carr likes to throw, swing passes to running backs. So, he'll get a lot of practice. But... I have my doubts on on, on Mr. Tanner Muse. Um, no matter, you know, if he wants to pull a, a Jeep Wrangler with his teeth or whatever the fuck he was doing on Instagram. It, it's it's a concern. Uh, other guys here, Kyle Wilbur in this position group, Nick Usher, uh, Ukeme Aligwe, Justin Phillips. I If they ha- are a training camp surprise, it will be a surprise to me. Uh, I don't see any of that happening. Especially because I think Javin White... Uh, the undrafted free agent it seemed like the Raiders kind of big guy they wanted to bring in was Javin White. Like, hey, we, we got to leave with here. Now they have him as a strong safety here on on this uh, our lads. I think he's a linebacker, right? Or I don't know. I it, it's weird. I don't. I haven't seen a lot of people confirm. I don't know if anyone can confirm that he's that he's a linebacker or safety. But I think he's going to find a spot onto this team. Whether it is in this thin linebacker group or as a safety, I, I think he's going to find a spot, right? So let's say he is a linebacker. I I think Kyle Wilbur's done. Again, you don't Kyle Wilbur is like Rich Basaccia's guy, right? Special teams, but you don't draft a guy in the third round to be your special teams leather daddy or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> you don't you don't draft a guy 
and then be like, oh, yeah, I got to keep my other special teams guy too. You only get one, right, if you're smart. I know we have extra roster spots. Let's not waste it on that. So I think Wilbur's out. I think Lee is out, Markel Lee, especially because he's a, a, he's a McKenzie guy, right? Uh, I think not even when Gruden was there. No, he wasn't taken when Gruden was there. So I uh, I could see Javin White trying to sneak into this linebacker group. Uh, again, if he's a safety guy, I see him pushing Eric Harris or somebody else like that uh, for that job. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the linebackers. And, again, I do like the traits that this team's going after. I do have a little bit of concern after Littleton and Kwiatkowski, but hey, if we get good, healthy years out of them, that's gonna that's gonna do a lot for this defense, man, a lot, and it's gonna trickle down to all the other position, trickle up, I guess, if you're going to say uh, the secondary. But yeah, it'll it'll trickle down. It's gonna help the defensive line. Uh, I think you're gonna see more sacks, right? I think cover. There's been a lot of studies that coverage creates sacks more than pass rush creates uh, interceptions. Right. If that makes any sense. A lot of people say, hey, the key to a good secondary is don't ask them to cover too long. Right. Which, uh, you know, it's, that's not completely untrue. But there's a lot of studies like in the Niners are a good. I don't want to bring up them right on this podcast, but they're a good thing where their secondary. helped their pass rush so much by by covering long enough to get sacks. Right. Don't they don't have that instant little dump off pass isn't there. Right. You get them into that third and eight, third and seven. But, and your linebackers are really taking away those short passes, right? The, your coverage linebackers. They have Fred Warner, right? Um, and their secondary, Sherman. Their secondary did more to help their D-line than their D-line did to help their secondary. This is actually, you know, what the analytics say. And, and like I said, it's debatable. It's not a complete fact, right? I do think the D-line helps create turnovers. But um, when you're talking about just getting consistent pass rush, the coverage has to be there. And I think that's where the linebackers are going to help this team big time um i do think uh i do expect big things i expect big things out of this group um if they can get to average or above average uh as far as production out of those linebackers it's going to be something that we haven't seen in a while <laughs> in the raiders right this is average so um let's move on to the dbs uh let's yeah let's move on to the dbs so we'll go to corners first uh this site has uh, Prince of Mukamara starting. I, I don't see that, but let, let's go through the list. You have Prince of Mukamara, Damon Arnett, um, Trayvon Mullen, Isaiah Johnson, and then uh, Nevin Lawson, Keyshawn Nixon, and Madre Harper is an interesting free agent. I think he's going to be a practice squad stash if that's an option, but – yeah, that's that's about what we had. DJ Killings, Jordan Brown. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Ken Crawley, uh, uh, Dylan Maven. None of those guys are moving the needle or really require much attention on the podcast uh, until we get to training camp and if, if they were to stand out. So let's start. Trayvon Mullen. Trayvon Mullen is good. I remember in the second round kind of being like, okay, who, who are we going to get here? I, I liked Greedy at the time. I liked Greedy Williams. And I was kind of, when they picked Mullen, I was like, all right. You know, I mean, I like him. He's I, Hey, I liked him. But that first game against Denver last year, he got a little bit of time. And I don't know if, if you guys remember, but there was a play that stuck out to me where he dove like to make an interception, kind of like jumped a route and then dove. He just missed the ball, and the, and the play went for a game. But I was kind of like, damn, man, like I love how aggressive he was. And he could tackle, too. Um, Trayvon has I, – I hope we don't see a sophomore slump. Obviously, I hope we don't. But if he takes another step forward, you're going to start seeing him mentioned among the best in the league, in, in my opinion. He doesn't do any one thing bad, right? Like, you don't see him getting toasted. I, I Maybe a couple times. He's had some tough games. But I've seen him run stride for stride with some of the best receivers. Uh, what he did to Cortland Sutton – in that uh, last Denver game, I know it left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, but I thought the defense played pretty well. What he did to Cortland Sutton in that game looked elite. And Cortland Sutton's good. I like that he did it to somebody in the division, too, because, I mean, you know, there's more to come, you would think. I'm expecting big things out of Trayvon uh, uh, year two. I, he's... The Raiders don't necessarily have number one guys. They're kind of like the Seahawks, where you kind of just want a 1A, 1B. 
And there's a theory about the secondary that an, that a lot of the analytics guys use where having a number one corner is good. Obviously, it's never a bad thing to have like a, a legit number one corner. But if you have a bunch of like average guys, then you can – when you have like a bunch of average, you're, you're as good as your weakest link, right? So let's take the, the Namdi Asamoah era, right? Namdi Asamoah was one of the best corners I've ever seen when he was on the Raiders. Could be a little biased, but he was incredible. Teams wouldn't throw at him. They, did, they didn't have to, right? Because our weakest link probably shouldn't have been in the fucking league, right? No matter who it was. Chris Johnson, right? Uh, like I'm trying to think who else was even there. Uh, D'Angelo Hall for a little bit. Holy shit. Um, guys, guys that were there. Chris Johnson, Stanford Route. Guys could just pick on them. What I like about this DB group is that it doesn't seem like there's like a, hey, I'm going to go pick on that guy out of the starters, right? I think a lot of people are going to come at Damon Arnett early, but hey, man, Damon Arnett should should be up to the task, I, I would think. I, I hope so. I'll get to him in a sec. Trayvon Mullen, uh, I, I think he fits the system really well. And when he started getting rolling last year, it looked really nice. I was at the Bengals game. He was incredible. Hey, it was Ryan Finley and Auden Tate and people like that he was covering. Not, not you know, Mahomes and Hill, but, hey, even later, Mahomes and Hill. They, he had some nice plays on Tyreek Hill. Should have had a, He had a pick taken away from him on a bullshit call in the end zone in the, the Chiefs game at Arrowhead. So, uh, yeah, Mullen, I'm expecting really big things from him. Uh, Prince of Mukamara, I talked about him last episode because the signing had just been official. I think... I think Amu Kamara sees the field, but that's not why he was signed. A lot of people are saying, hey, I'd, I'd rather give Isaiah Johnson um, more snaps. And I think we all have hopes for Isaiah Johnson. But I don't want to depend on him right now, right? I don't want to have to say, hey, 31, get out there, make some plays. I don't want to have to do that. Now, if he earns that and he just shuts it down, because it sounded like last year in training camp, he was shutting shit down. Gruden loved him, right? And look, we'll say what you will about Gruden's uh, player evaluation. Sometimes he's completely off, right? Uh, Arden Key, I remember they gushed over Arden Key. And there were people, I remember there was a weird headline, and and this could have been an opinion, but they're like, do the Raiders need Khalil Mack now that they have Arden Key? (laughs) We all know what ended up happening, but holy shit. (laughs) So, Prince of Mukamara, uh, Really consistent coverage grades analytically. Um, does a nice job playing the ball. He's not the fastest, most athletic guy, but if you look at, like I said, his grades and analytics, and again, there's still the eye test involved. I, I don't, I'm not completely on analytics, but they're a little bit easier for me to interpret because I'm not like a huge film all 22 guy. Like I'll, I'll watch it when somebody does a breakdown, but I'm not usually just putting on like all 22 and just sitting there and watching it. Prince is pretty much Prince, and he's in, he's like an, a league average corner, which that's awesome. We added a league average corner for like nothing. Uh, so again, I don't think he's there to compete with Arnett. I think he's there to like compete with like Isaiah Johnson for playing time, not even for a spot. Nevin Lawson, right? I think he's a, a slight upgrade over ne- Nevin Lawson, which is really nice. So uh, yeah, let's let's get into Arnett, <laughs> uh, Damon Arnett. I've been very critical of the pick, not the player the pick if that makes any sense so I've said this ad nauseum I got really mad the first night of the draft at this pick I just thought there was no value there whatsoever I don't think there were teams trying to draft him um, within the next 10 picks in my opinion at least and that would be to be conservative I don't think anyone was taking him in the first round they could have got some more picks we could have had a better day three day two whatever right even if the package wasn't great if you know you're going to take this guy get whatever picks you can get for him. So Mayock value-wise in the first round is still a red flag to me, the way he he values first-round picks, if that, if that makes any sense. So now let's get to Damon Arnett, the player. I think he's going to be a pretty good player. I don't know if I see greatness, but if he's good, then hell yeah, right? Two good corners, sign me up. Solid backups, sign me up, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm in. Now, I think you got to see something right away out of him. Look, we'll, we'll see how much practice time comes of the pandemic, right? Like maybe maybe he doesn't 
maybe this offseason could be considered a mulligan for a lot of these rookies. You know, I, I think it's fair to say. But say we do get a normal training camp with you know without fans, but a normal training camp, right? No, nothing restricted as far as uh, actual on-field practice. Arnett's going to have to play right away. He, he's he was already like the oldest player, one of the oldest players in the draft. He's already had four years at Ohio State, co- making you know playing in big games, covering everybody. Get him out there right away. I I think. You know, again, like the Raiders don't really travel their corners that much. Like they don't move them around. You know, hey, you you got Julio Jones, Trayvon, and like so. The Raiders have to face some some tough wide receivers, and and Arnett's if Arnett does play early, and again, I want him to play early. I I think it's to the point where he almost has to. Uh he's going to be tested. Arnett will be tested. So, I just looked at the schedule real fast. These are the wide receivers on the Raiders schedule. I put this on Twitter the other day. A lot, a lot of people think I'm like really concerned. I'm not. I'm just trying to like talk, right? I'm concerned, right? The Raiders haven't been good for a while, so I'm always a little bit concerned that a secondary maybe can't handle some of these wide receivers. But I just usually like to just talk about it. You know what I mean? Kind of create a little discourse. So I'm not that doom and gloom, right? So these are who the Raiders are going to have to face, and this is just a, a small list of names. Uh, kind of went chronological on the schedule: Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, we all we all know that, those two guys. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, being thrown to by Tom Brady. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Keenan Allen, Cortland Sutton, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and T.Y. Hilton. They're all on the schedule this year, and that's not counting the guys like Michael Pittman Jr., you know, other uh, Tyler Johnson for uh, Tampa, uh, the Bills have Beasley and John Brown to go with Stephon Diggs, like, and you know, whatever the hell the Chiefs want to put out there, all the cyborg, uh, Michael Hardman, the uh, four-two guys that they want to put out there. It's going to be really challenging for the secondary, but um, I do, I do like it. I, I like looking at it as a whole. I, I hope the secondary can stay together for a while, especially the corners, because it's 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 a good little group um i just wonder how close it's how how fast it manifests right i wonder if this year it's really good right it's young it's very young mullen's in his second year arnett's in his first year uh then you have you know i like i I think Keyshawn nixon's pretty good yeah let's talk about Keyshawn nixon great preseason last year uh i don't now the the Amik Robertson is is very interesting. Uh, Amik Robertson Robertson is on uh, is a nickel. I, I didn't list Joiner and Amik Robertson yet. I'm sorry. I do see that they're a part of the DB group. I, I understand that they're DBs for the Raiders. I just have some special thoughts about them later that I wanted to get to. <clears throat> Keyshawn Nixon, really good preseason last year. Um, didn't see the field a whole lot. Um, again, they're trying to make that joiner uh, at nickel. They were hammering a square peg into a round hole the whole year for that. With that one, in my opinion. Uh, but Keyshawn Nixon, I, I hope he does enough to make this team. I, I do think he's good. I hope that, like, if Nevin Lawson looks like shit in the preseason, that they cut him. I, I don't want to just keep him around for veteran leadership and nothing else, right? You, you got to produce. Veteran leadership's overrated. Um, you'll see that when I talk about the tight ends uh, <laughs> when we start going into that position group. But Keyshawn Nixon – I don't know if he's going to be like a slot or boundary guy. I think he's going to have to show versatility to make the team. I think he's I think in the slot they kind of have two guys that they like, you know, uh in Amik Robertson and Joyner. I th- I think well, Joyner's being paid enough to where he has to play somewhere. Um I don't think he's going to ride the bench for a 9 and a half million dollar cap hit, 11 total. Uh so Nixon's going to have a tough time finding uh the thing, but I hope he I hope he beats out Nevin Lawson. I really hope he's able to make the team at the at uh at that at corner and, and see the field. You know what I mean? Because I, I there's something to be said about having veterans with a young secondary, but like I said, just guys taking up space when you have coaches, right? You have Jim O'Neill. Jim O'Neill is the DB coach, right? Say what you will about the guy, but he's the coach. We don't need a lot more like veteran guys that are just coaches, right? Sign them as coaches. It's cheaper if they, if, <laughs> if that's how good you feel about them. So. Um, Keyshawn Nixon and Isaiah Johnson will be interesting. That's kind of wild cards for how the secondary performs this year. 
I might even say it's more important than the way Mullen and Arnett performed this year. Because I, I think there's a baseline of success for, for Mullen. You, you see it last year. You, you saw enough, right? Kind of my complaint about Cleo and Farrell is I don't think I saw enough last year to think he's going to get that much better, right? To be great. Mullen, I could see being great. There were plenty of things last year I loved about it. He was a, just a couple – I mean, he, he could have had a couple pick sixes last year, right? He dropped them. I think against Houston, which, God, that would have been huge when he dropped the pick six there. And then I think against Cincy, again, he would have had one. But he, it was a tough play. I mean, that was that was one – that was a tough play. So I, I would say that Isaiah Johnson – if Isaiah Johnson is as good as Gruden says he is and Nixon makes a team and is, you know, just a solid contributor – all of a sudden, you have a good secondary, in my opinion. Again, you're only as good as your weakest link. So I don't see any like the Chris Johnson. I'm not talking about running back Chris Johnson. If you're a Raider fan that was there during the struggle years, you know Chris Johnson, number 37. Horrendous, right? I don't see any of those guys. Guys that you could just circle on the game plan. Hey, we're throwing. Wherever he is, we're throwing. I don't see that right now, which is really good. Uh, let's see. Who else do I want to talk about here? Um, oh, the safeties. So... Or I'm sorry, let's go to nickel first. Let's go to nickel. Again, we're going to be in our nickel package a lot. 70% last year of all NFL teams were in the nickel 70% of the time, right? Not 70% of the teams, 70% of the time teams lined up in the nickel. So your slot corner is a starter at this point. It's not just some guy you bring in. I think everybody in Raider Nation hopes Amik Robertson is the starting nickel. I hope so. I, I hope he comes in and just is like, holy shit, the league does not know what they missed out on passing up on this little guy. Hopefully that's what happens. If not, then I think Joyner's going to start at nickel. That I could see that happening. But on, uh, I think it was Silver and Black Today, which is Scott Goldbranson's show. I hope, I hope I'm getting that right. I don't have it in front of me. But uh, Scott Goldbranson's show in uh, Las Vegas, he had Jim O'Neill on. And Jim O'Neill, the, the thing that really stuck out to me was he said Joyner's going to be getting some looks at free safety. Now, I'm, I'm hoping just in the in the back of our head, like in the back of the organization's head collectively, they're like, yeah, we, we fucked up last year putting him in nickel. Like, look, we're going to give him some looks, but like he's going to play free safety. I hope that's the case, right? I don't. I think he's still a very good player. I just last year he didn't look. Like, he didn't look like he knew what the hell he was doing out there. That's what happens, right? You put a guy that in a position he doesn't play or maybe hasn't since Florida State, and who knows what that system, the difference between the two systems is, what they ask out of you. Um, Jim O'Neill was talking, was saying, excuse me, was saying that, you know, the safety has, the free safety has got to do a lot. Got to come in and cover, come down and cover tight ends and, and the slot receiver or whatever. Sometimes teams come out four or five wide, right? He's saying that the free safety has a lot to do there. And I think Joyner's better equipped to do that, right? I think he's better than Demarius Randall and Jeff Heath if you get Rams safety, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, in a Raider uniform. I think he's better. So it'll be interesting. I, I hope Amik takes the job, right? And then the Raiders just think, oh, man, we got to put Joyner somewhere because we got to get something out of this investment. we got a lot of capital tied up in him because I still think he can play safety. I'm not done. I don't get. I haven't got given up on Lamarcus Joyner yet. After this year, it's uh, all right. You know, if it's still that bad, he graded so bad at nickel last year, like so bad. I think he was worst out of any starting nickel um, in a lot of different. Uh, if you look at a lot of different data, you know, uh, from different sites like PFF and FanGraphs and stuff like that. So, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Joyner get one last look at safety, just to, just like, hey, can it work? I mean, last year, look, dude. They had, like, oh, we might give Daryl Worley some looks at free safety. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, what do you have against this? I think this year, finally, it's like, hey, Gunther, like, you realize you're coaching for your job, right? This is year, th year three for you. Make some shit happen. Get the most out of your personnel. And I think that's what they're going to try to do. And hopefully during training camp, Jonah's just, like, crushing it at safety. So um, I think we all hope Amik Robertson starts at, at nickel. So, But that kind of just depends on what kind of off what the offseason actually is. I think Amig Robertson's hungry and I, I he was my favorite. I think he was kind of the consensus favorite pick that everybody liked. I didn't think they were gonna draft him because because of the the lack of size, but then you find out his arms are like super long and it doesn't matter how tall he is, you know, in theory. 
but I didn't think they were going to draft him. I was elated. So uh, hopefully Amik hits the ground running. Um, it's okay if he doesn't. It's, again, he's a fourth-round pick. We we tend to – like it was the way with, with Renfro last year. Like he was a fifth-round pick, but everybody was like, oh, no, 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 he's going to start, right, because he does something that we didn't have. Renfro eventually started, but, you know, first couple weeks, kind of tough. You know, he didn't quite look – he showed flashes, but he didn't have that – he didn't have that, uh, like, oh, I got this mastered, right, slot receiver in the NFL. So it took him a while um, till about, you know, the that Lion – I think it was that Texans game, right, when he took that one to the house. That was when you really started seeing it. And then the Lions game and, and you know, and then he had some – then he was a part of the offense until he got lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> so – Amik Robertson, I hope he starts right away because I think he's he's kind of the missing piece where if we can get our linebackers and safety safeties taking care of the tight ends in the middle, right, and we can get somebody like Amik Robertson to eliminate the slot, that's going to really oh, change our defense night and day. Raiders defense can really use that. So there's a lot of unknowns in the secondary, I guess is what I'm getting at. Let's get to another unknown. The guy I think – when I say he has to step it up, it's not that he did anything wrong. He got hurt last year. But it's Jonathan Abram. When I say step up, I, I he's got to be the alpha dog. I don't have any doubt in my mind that he will either, right? <laughs> Jonathan Abram is an alpha. Now, I, I do think that fans are going to have to come to the – it's better to do it sooner or later. I think Jonathan Abram is Draymond Green. There's a lot of Laker fans and and whatever the hell else fans in Raider Nation. I'm sorry. I know you guys hate Draymond Green. I'm a Warrior fan. I love Draymond Green. I love him. I also find myself wanting to rip my fucking, what, you know, the hair I have in my head, I want to rip it out sometimes when Draymond Green gets his fucking 98th technical in the season. I think Abram's going to be a frustrating player, but I think he's a game changer. Game changer doesn't always mean a good thing, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sometimes there's a 15-yard penalty that changes the game, right? Vontez Burfick on Antonio Brown in the in the divisional game, uh, Steelers Bengals. There's a, there's a sometimes there's a a play that changes the game, and I think Abram's going to do a lot of those. I think he's going to be great at being around the ball. I think he's a great tackler. It, I think his coverage is going to be be a little rough at first. So. That's just something I think we're going to have to temper because what, what a lot of Raider fans do, and I saw this, I remember this happened with Mario Edwards, right? The Raiders defense in, in I can't, was it 2016? It must have been 2016 when they were good. It was still kind of struggling. We're like, wait till we get Mario Edwards back, man. Which just wait. Mario Edwards hadn't, hadn't really done shit, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he got hurt in that preseason game, but like he, he, he was kind of, hadn't really done shit, right? I see a lot of people here that said, hey, Abram comes back, it changes the defense, which it, it does. It does change the defense. Um, in the same way Henry Ruggs changes the offense where you always have to know where he is on the field, I think teams are going to want to know where Abram is on the field. But I also think teams are going to want to throw at Abram. I think Abram's going to get real handsy in pass coverage, get a lot of penalties put on him. So I'm saying be prepared to have a love-hate relationship with the guy. Um, I think he's going to make some of the most miraculous plays that we've ever seen. And I think he's going to do some mind-numbingly stupid shit. <laughs> that's that's what I can expect of Jonathan Abram. But he's going to have to be the leader. I know Quickhouse—he's got the green dot, but I think Abram's going to have to be the leader of the defense, man. Like the Ray Lewis, you know, the vocal leader. I mean, show you saw Hard Knocks—he didn't shut the hell up. It's a damn shame. I thought he played real well in that Denver game, like a great opening game. Just always around the ball. It sounded different when he was hitting people. If that makes any sense, like you, you could hear a pop. It was crazy. Like it just looked different. You'd see players get up like, God damn, what the fuck was that? Like, you know, they didn't really know what, what the hell it was. Like was that, what the hell was that? Was that 24? You know, and he's also wearing number 24. We expect big things out of guys that wear number 24. So I got to, he's going to have to step up this year. I know it's kind of a rookie season for him, but we can't treat it that way. If he's going to be the guy at safety, training wheels are off. Um, also at the position, I, I liked the Demarius Randall signing. I, I don't. I think he's just an average player. Again, I, add average guys. Add a lot of average guys. Be as good as your weakest link, right? The weakest link I'm seeing right now in the secondary, uh, Dallin Levitt, I think, is a special teams guy I, uh, if he makes the team. Um, Eric Harris is probably the weak link, and I, I, I like the way he played last year, but – 
Open field tackling is an issue with him. Um, definitely a little bit too aggressive at times. I think Philip Rivers' arm was dead last year, and and he could have made Eric Harris pay a little a little bit more, um, but instead just <laughs> hooked Eric Harris up with a career game. Uh, I think Eric Harris is on the hot seat. I, I don't see him being better than Heath, Randall, or Abram. I, I think Eric Harris was on the team last year I know he got a little bit of an extension, but it can't be guaranteed by this point. Um, and then it's there's Javin White. I think this team has plans for Javin White. I don't think they're going to be able to stash him on a practice squad, although practice squads could get weird this year because I don't know how much of a preseason we'll have. I think a lot of teams, uh, undrafted free agent hall, and will end up kind of being their practice squad just because I don't see a lot of like teams practicing against each other. Hey, look at that guy. Oh, shit. Hey, keep an eye on him. See if he makes that roster. I don't see a lot of that happening. Um, unless they already liked him in college film and somehow they get cut. But how it's, it'll be tough for the Raiders to round out their practice squad, right? Like grab guys from other things. I think everybody's going to kind of like keep everything in-house. Like, oh, let's just keep these guys for the year. We, we like them enough to keep them around. So maybe Javin White does find a spot on the practice squad, but I think he's going to push somewhere, try to get somewhere in that linebacker safety room somewhere. Because I think there's room. I think there's room for him. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to cover? Uh, Jeff Heath. Sure. Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath, uh, a Marinelli guy. It's really interesting. I, I know there's kind of amongst the fans, at least a thing where it's like, Hey, Marinelli's going to take over this team, you know, and if it's bad early by the bye week he's Gunther's gone. And I, and I, I believe that. I think if the Raiders are like one in four by the bye, or would it be one in three? I can't remember when their bye is. I think it's week five. So one in three by the bye and just like, bottom in points allowed yeah i think gunther's gone i think i think the fast forward button gets hit once you once you get hit to vegas you know i mean the whole thing was build a team for vegas it's clear as day that that was the 10-year deal for gruden was so he could get most of it in vegas i think now that they're in vegas pressure's on to win as fans we want them to win all the time but i think right now the pressure's on to win so i do see that there maybe could be a marinelli getting his getting in there in a disaster scenario and then he has guys everywhere, you know what I mean? Like special teams guys, he, and he's got uh, Malik Collins, uh, Daniel Ross, and Jeff Heath already on the defense. So it did seem kind of interesting that they were adding guys from the secondary of Rod Marinelli's defense. Or, you know what I mean? Like I know it was Chris Rizard's defense, but guys that he knows. So I did find that interesting that we're kind of stacking the, the uh, depth of the roster with like ex-Cowboys, you know. So that's to be said, but let's just say Paul Gunther keeps his job, right? Let's just say they're they're an average defense and and they're rolling, right? Because I think average defense gets us a couple more wins, uh, given what we've seen in the past. Jeff Heath's interesting. He's uh, there's a lot of good and a lot of bad. Like if you watch the good Jeff Heath plays, you're like, damn, dude, this guy can play. You watch the bad Jeff Heath plays, and you're like, holy shit, man. I like I have a lot of friends who are Cowboy fans, which that's not uncommon. There's a lot of Cowboy fans everywhere, kind of like Raider fans. Um, not as good, obviously terrible fans, but there's just a lot of them. The Jeff Heath was like, you'd see some tweets like, dude, get Jeff Heath. Jeff, he's a fucking bum. Get him out of here and stuff. Cause honestly, like, yeah, it, it, there were times he looked like he didn't know how to play football, but he's depth, right? It's not Curtis Riley bad. It's not, um, DJ Swearinger bad. It's depth. I hope he doesn't start. So. Like I said, this is where Joiner comes in, right? So I kind of like George, like Abram playing like box in the box, and I like Joiner Roman over the top. That's my number one duo right there. And then you have Randall and Heath as de- as depth there. I don't know if the Raiders are going to make that commitment, but they're obviously thinking about it by getting Joiner some looks, right? I don't think Jim O'Neill would have said that. Um, if not, so it gets real interesting. This this secondary is the most like kind of the linebacker and secondary is kind of like, man, I don't know what we have. I think I know what we have. And I think it's a lot better than what we've had. But there's a lot of unknowns. Um, very interested uh, to see how it all gels together given the the pandemic. But uh, I definitely, I, I like this defense a lot more on paper. Um, defensive line. I have questions. I, I said it in the last episode. I have questions on where the pass rush will come from. If Max Crosby doesn't duplicate his year from last year. Um, 
I, even if so, in the secondary, I don't necessarily see that problem. So if Trayvon Mullen, you know, God forbid something gets happened, like Tra- gets hurt or it just yeah, kind of takes a step back, does, has a tough sophomore year. If David Arnett has a decent, you know, is, is playing well and Prince of Mukamara is out there, you're not, you know, sacrificing as much is what I mean. I think I think there's a lot more depth in the secondary. And uh, I, I like the way they went about it this offseason. Um, I didn't want to pay Byron Jones. Byron Jones, I, I knew it. I was like, he's going to get some stupid money for being good. I mean, he's good. He would have been the best DB on this team had had they added him. That's not, I'm not saying we didn't have a spot for him, but that's going to be a contract Miami's going to want to get out from after like two years if if they're not winning right away, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I I think that, I think that's it. Um, oh yeah, Madre Harper. I I do like Madre Harper as a as a uh, UDFA. I I think hopefully him and Javin White somehow are in the vicinity of the roster, like just whether it's practice squad, Hey, if they both make it, that's great. Right. But, uh, I think this year the Raiders aren't, aren't like clawing, you know, at the walls for depth. They're not, Oh man, like we we need to fill out this roster. Like the roster is a lot more filled out than it was in the past. So I don't, I think, I don't think we could pencil in the like three or four, uh, undrafted free agents making it like we did in years past. And that's a good thing. So, um, yeah, Javid White, Madre Harper are the, the two guys, plus the kicker. I think his name's Eberly. Those are like the three undrafted guys I could see making the team or at least, you know, being around. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm just excited. I'm excited to see like a dime package where, you know, we can get a lot of these DBs on the field. Uh, I think the coverage should be better this year. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, there's no excuse if it's not. Uh, head's got to roll at that point. Uh yeah, that's that's it for me, guys. Uh, fuck, you'll have to excuse me. It's like it's really hot in the Bay Area right now, and I don't have AC, and I'm in the hottest corner of my house recording a podcast. So if this wasn't up to par today, I apologize. But uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rockney, uh, G L E N R O C K N E Y. Uh, follow my other podcasts, more of a politics kind of loosely comedy based type thing. Uh, Rare Candy, uh, that's with my partner Crypto Psy, my co-host, and we. Uh, we do that about once a week. I do this about once a week until uh, I run out of content, right? So, yeah, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review, even if you hate me. Um, yeah, and uh, get at me on Twitter. I'm, I'm always down to talk shit about the Raiders or, or uh, laugh at your take or agree with your take. It'll happen. You can laugh at my takes too, man. I just like to talk about football. So uh, see you guys another time.